0: Welcome to the Book-a-Week Podcast, jointly hosted by the SEPT University Library and the Centre for Research on Architecture and Urbanism.
1: Hi, and welcome to this episode of a a Book-a-Week Podcast. I am Sunayana Shah. I am a practising architect based in Ahmedabad. My research interests lie in the areas of architectural practice history, and theory, and it is through these that I engage with the built world. I am particularly interested in issues related to modernity, art and architectural history, cultural studies, and social theory. Today, I am here with Ray Meeker to talk about his recent book titled Building with Fire, published by Sept University Press in 2018. Ray Mika was born in New York and he moved to India in 1970. Um, he co-founded Golden Ridge Pottery with Deborah Smith in Pondicherry and his work in ceramics, pottery, sculpture and architecture has been prolific and very, very inspiring. Ray and Deborah have been at the forefront of contemporary art in India and I think it would be safe to say that most potters, sculptors, and ceramists in India have either trained under them or have been influenced by them and their work. Their practice has ranged from small utilitarian ceramics to large sculptures and fired homes. The concept of building with fire or baking houses is truly ingenious and so appropriate in a place where resources and housing are a scarcity. Hi, Ray, and welcome to our podcast, A Book a Week. It's a great pleasure to have you here with us today.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, I would like to begin this discussion by talking a little bit about materiality. In the age of, you know, plastic and concrete, how do you see earth and clay being a part of it? In popular appeal, one can be perceived as modern and fast and um, the other sort of slow and archaic Um, and not to mention clay sometimes can be very difficult to work with and whereas plastic and concrete give you so much freedom and leeway to to get away with mistakes.
0: (laughs) Yeah but let's let's talk about uh, material. Most most building in India is post and beam concrete and steel. Mm. So it's clay, you know, it's, it's just fired uh, before you use it. Mm. But it's still clay and it's still, I find, I don't think any mason has trouble laying a brick, whether it's mud mm. or fired brick. So, you know, materiality, I don't think that's the issue. Uh, uh, it's certainly not going to be a mainstream technique, mm-hmm. but the problem comes in the in situ fi- in situ firing. That's where the that's where the the trouble begins because you know, well, well we can get into that later, but uh, that's that's the problem, not not the material, the process. You know, it's wonderful to go to a building site. And you have, you have fired brick there, you have sand there, you have cement, you have everything right there. You build. <laughs> but here, probably you don't have brick clay at the site, so you probably have to move brick clay. Then you have to make all these bricks just for the house, and then you have to make another, you know, twice or three times as many to fill the house. Mm. So, that's the time constraint you know all of this other stuff you have to do then you have to know how to fire it okay right. so um, that that's, that's that's the trick and and that's that's what stands in the way of uh, this thing really becoming mainstream
1: right firing firing is very interesting when we talk about clay because you know it it sort of makes clay permanent in a way i mean once it has been fired it it can become dust but it cannot become the same clay again um right. it, it takes it takes so much work it once it's used to build architectural um you know spaces and it offers less flexibility after a certain point once it's fired and and i find that very interesting um, could you tell us your experience um with building with clay and what what kind of limitations or what kind of things did you encounter and maybe also sort of talk in terms of um, your introduction to the work of nader khalili and your perception of it and how did you get introduced to this whole idea
0: yeah well this is this is the uh, brainchild of nader khalili
1: uh
0: hmm. he's the uh you know i he's not a nuts and bolts guy i do the nuts and bolts right so you know he's he's the inspiration you can say uh, and i have to i have to admit that i had mixed feelings about the whole process when i read about it but i decided to do it mm. and because i was going to the usa back in, i think in 1984 and he was doing one of his workshops i met him then And uh, that was a two-day workshop where we made little clay models. I had already started, I I had already decided I was going to try it. Uh, And I think he was quite surprised that uh, I was actually going to go do one. So uh, I did come back to India and I did start, I did start working with it. At the same time, uh, we had two Dutch friends uh, who were both ceramic artists. One was Jan de Roden and his wife, Shawnee and. They wanted to come to India but they they had been twice but they wanted to come and do something. Yon is just a hundred percent energy and so I said, Okay, I'm gonna put Yon on this fired building project. <laughs> That's for, one for his energy and one for his seriousness, you know. I had to take it seriously if I brought Yon to road, I couldn't just make one and and say, Okay, I'll see you later you know. <laughs> so so, you know. So that really, that really, that you can say that lit the fire under me for this project. You know, I had, um, I was, I was interested in mud building because I liked Hassan Fathy's work. Uh, architecturally, I really liked Austin but I really didn't want to build with mud, you know. We we are in a monsoon climate here, so it's not exactly appropriate. And Oroville people do it, and then they use stabilized soil blocks as well, but that didn't interest me so much. So the Khalili process interest, interested me, but the architecture didn't interest me. So. Mm. In any case, I, I was just gonna I just started making tests. Yeah. And uh, I did well, I did I did I think six tests before I actually tried it for a client in Oregon.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> um while we're while we on the subject of architecture, um, you know, you first trained as an architect and um I'm wondering what made you join architecture in college and what made you leave it? I ask you this because you know, even after leaving it, it it sort of weaved its way back into your life. And how did that happen? How did the first clay firehouse happen?
0: Well, the, the first clay firehouse happened more or less the way I just described it, but uh, I had just finished uh, three years on a basketball scholarship at Pepperdine College and art, they didn't have an architecture department. So when I transferred to USC, I went into the architecture department. And uh, at some point, I just said, you know, this isn't for me. And the ceramics department was right below the fifth-year design studio. So, And I had been taking uh, – I had a lot of elective time because I'd been in the university for three years. I had all this English and whatnot out of the way. So I'd been taking ceramics courses all along. Yes. So I dropped into the ceramics department and did one semester of upper division ceramics and got a degree. And then – you know hit the road you know really? and uh, landed up in India ten months later so yeah, right. that's the yeah. Yeah. and then how I got how it got back into architecture of course uh, I more or less described that already I mean yeah. uh, well, I think Anga Bora and Patrick Adamson and Orville got a hold of one of Natter's his, his racing alone his, so that's how I heard about it. Hmm. They built a building in Oroville and uh, Anga got called away for family matters, and it rained, and it got washed away. That's uh, that's one problem of the you know, of the process. You know, when you when you're building in mud, you've got to protect it, so yeah. um, you don't lose the material, but you lose the time.
1: Right. You draw many parallels between fired houses and kilns. How do the two compare for you? What and and what about this is is the part that brings satisfaction for you?
0: Well, I guess I'm a pyromaniac of sorts. You know, mm-hmm. so, I, I I would like to say uh, I would say like the mania is contained. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what, you know, which is when you build a kiln, you mm. contain the yeah. energy and you use it. When it's a wildfire, mm. you know, then, then, then it destroys. When it's a kiln, it, it produces. So uh, because I was in the ceramic world and I, because I built quite a few kilns, uh, I knew vaults, I knew domes. That's why I knew I could build this thing uh, before we met Khalili. And uh, so... It was just a—it was just an obvious step. I mean, I was sort of programmed for the idea, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I started with with a single, you know, a single vault, very small, two meters span, three meters length, just uh, on on, a wall, on walls and with a catenary vault actually, mm-hmm. and that was that was the first test, and that's what uh, Jan was working with me uh, when he came to India. Yeah, um, how
1: does the idea of um, sustainability uh, fit in for you, um, whether whether speaking of fired houses or ceramics, you know, it's, it's almost as if every serration in the clay that you mold um, stands for the scars that the human civilization has left on this earth. <laughs> is, that, is that something that drives your creativity or your thought process?
0: Conceptually, I love the idea of sustainability. Uh, and when I started out on this project, I was hoping that this would make sense in terms of energy consumption. But it, it really doesn't. At some point, you might be using slightly less energy, but but it's uh, I, but I'm not sure that 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 it's enough of, uh, you know, of a savings to justify the uh, other risks. Uh, But uh, what did happen, uh, I was sort of uh, very short-sighted in a way. I was focused totally on energy consumption. There are other things that uh, in the process you you employ a lot of people, unfortunately, probably too many, but uh, fuel consumption was my main goal. And finally, i mean so if if you if you look in if you look in the book you know you'll see you'll see I go through you know the standard kilns you know the updraft the downdraft the cross draft uh, mm. you know uh, continuous uh, continuous kilns and i I tried almost all of those well i would- i would say I tried all of them the continuous kilns were were smaller than the huge bull's trench kilns that are used in India but it was still a continuous type of kill. So, but what did work finally, is I started to put uh, coke dust into the brick clay itself. Oh, right. oh, and so, you know, there, there's a certain amount of en- energy you get out of that amount of coke dust. And that's the actual amount of energy that it requires to turn that brick into a, a fired brick, you know? So that worked. I mean, there, I, I kind of beat the energy problem
1: yeah. with
0: that. But it's very tricky because it's a small amount of coke dust and mixing it in equally into the brick. You know, there are ways to do all of this. I'm sure there's a mechanical way to do it, not just, you know, mom tea and, and, and clay. So I'm sure that can be done. But... Um, it's still and it's still critical to get the right amount in. If you if you get too much in, you overfire the bricks. If you don't have enough in, you know you underfire them, and you you have the same uh, amount of dark cook dust in the in the structure as well. It's not just in the product. So you actually have to fire the inside a little bit hotter to make sure you get that. The coke dust going in the walls and getting it through the wall, so it's very difficult to to fire all the way through a forty five inch wall because some of these walls are thick and it's difficult to get fire all the way through that yeah, yeah. it works it works in a common wall when you have fire on both sides but and and uh, but it doesn't work on the end walls, which are slightly thinner but not not much. So I started using a fired brick skin on the outside, but you're still energy consumption was still a factor. And although I did solve it, I only I only do, did about uh, two or three buildings with that technique. It works, but it, it's uh, it's not e- easily done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, and but and, but I I continued doing this after I realized the energy consumption wasn't right. You know. Because it wasn't, you know, I was still, I could still build a house for somebody for, you know, slightly less than it would cost to do, you know, a fired brick and, and cement and concrete house a little bit. It wasn't much, but people appreciated that. I mean, it certainly, I was looking at it as a as a really a low cost technique. I think it really became a moderate cost technique, more more a middle class technique, of course then you don't have a lot of middle class clients that want to do it but i could be st- i could still be doing it today i think i mean i stopped doing it cuz i thought i'd done what i could do with with the idea yeah. and i wasn't that interested in continuing it i wanted to get back to my ceramic work so that's why i
1: stopped mm. This idea of building with clay is very empowering in a way. How do you see it being employed and adapted in practical terms? I mean, for example, do you see potters expanding their horizons and building houses in Indian villages or, you know, anywhere for that matter? And this sort of aspiration to build out of concrete and what they call pakka, being replaced by this kind of pakka construction
0: you can't blame you can't blame the villager for wanting a pakka house you know mm. and certainly and certainly the mud houses that the villagers make and have been making for for millennia and are still making you know the the first thing they the first thing they want to do is their their kids should get get an it degree and then when he makes some money he should build a Puck a house you know, so which, who can argue with that? I don't think uh, you know I, I certainly don't think fired housing is going to solve that problem if you If you did a large enough fired building project like for a real, you know, for a real low cost situation and you had the brick clay on the site and uh, et cetera, et cetera, you could you could do a very economical project. The economics of scale work almost everywhere. It would work in it would work in the fire building process as well. I'm I a half feet tall. That's that's <laughs> enough scale for me. <laughs> I, don't, I
1: don't need to deal with it. And I'm barely five feet tall, so I think <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I think I I want to slightly now deviate to a different part of your work. And what I find very, very fascinating is an artist writing a book. You know, Um, what does writing mean to you? Uh, How does it fit into the work that you do and your creative process? And how did the idea of this book come about?
0: You know, I would not have written a book about this except for, except that Anupama Kundu uh, wanted me to, or she wanted she wanted to write the book, actually. Mm-hmm. And she planned for when she was maybe, I don't know, 23, 24 years old, when I was firing uh, Agni Jata, which was the first fired building I did outside the, our compound in Pondicherry. And she just walked up and said, "I want to write a book about this." And you know, I didn't know who Anna was, and but I but Anna certainly knew who she was.
1: Right. There's was no question about that. <laughs>
0: now she's got the Charles Jenks Award, so now, yes, <laughs> you know, that's, that's Anyway, good. I said, "Look." Uh, there's no book for this. I haven't done enough of it. Come on, you know. Okay, you can write an article if you want. So she wrote an article for Indian Architect and Builder. I wrote a companion article for it on the on the, you know, technical details. But then, she, you know, finally when she went to Germany to get her PhD, hmm. she did it on on fired building and me. That was her uh, what do you call it? <laughs> that was her thesis. Me. <laughs> and that that's a little bit of an uh, you know, overstatement. But, uh, you know, because she brought... Tilly Not at all. Her, I don't uh, and, you know, but anyway. So then she came back with with, uh, with her thesis and, you know, about, you know, this thick, so four or five hundred pages and say, okay, do we have a book now? <laughs> and I said, yeah, okay, we have a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the idea was that she would write it, yes, and uh, which was fine with me i i didn't, I didn't want to write a book but uh, then, uh, but finally, you know, I just decided well I'm, it still it still didn't get started very immediately it took a couple, few years, and then finally I said, okay. I'll just take one of my PowerPoint presentations and I'll dump it into an A4 format and we'll see what it looks like. So mm. I did that. And, uh, it was, I have to say, it was pretty boring looking, you know, it was like, okay, it was project one, project two, you know, it was kind of like architects do. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> That's what Charles Cordius said. I it was just project, by project, project. <laughs> and <laughs> I, said, I oh God. So I looked at it. And then I said, okay, how did I get to India? Why am I here? You know, blah, 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 blah. And, so, and I had the sketchbook that I had done while I was traveling. And I said, Wow, I can put some sketches into this book. That'll be fun, you know. And when I did that, it started to become alive. And uh, I said, "Cat, I've got all kinds of crazy things that came up during the fire building project. I can dump these, and so it just became more and more interesting and uh, and a lot more fun. And then I got to, you know, then I, I put in building with fire, you know, not fire building, but put uh, my ceramic work and." Uh, I started enjoying the process. I, I, I can write. You know? I'm not much of a speaker, but I really can write. And I like writing, but uh, I didn't get a lot of opportunity. It's still mostly technical. But there's a few chapters where I got to you know, express myself in, in words. Mm. And um, I was quite happy with the way it turned out.
1: Yes, yes, I think so, too. Produced
0: with Sept University Press.
1: Yes, that's right. But
0: I think it came out very well.
1: I think so, too. I have to say, I mean, it it was so refreshing and such a different read. And, you know, there I was reading about architecture, and like you said, I'm you're you're sort of conditioned or used to just reading project by project, and that's how monographs usually work. And this is this is more like a story, and you're 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 writing as you, and it's so personal. And and you and and you also begin to see. Well, what the, I did,
0: yeah, what I did, I didn't do project by project. I did process by process. Exactly,
1: exactly. Which
0: which is which is the way the the whole the, the story develops. I whenever I change process. The project-wise, it's not, uh, it's not uh, you know, on a timeline. But hmm. in process per process, it, it, it really made sense to do it that way. And it made it much more readable.
1: Right. No, I agree. Okay, so my next question is um, about art and what you think about contemporary art or, you know, how it's thought of in India. How do you think ceramics... Um, uh, compared to to the way people perceive fine arts in India, and what are your sort of expectations from the biennials or the triennials that take place here?
0: Well, the bi the biennial is of course Kochi, which is which is all art. I mean, right. so there's no question about that. I think probably some ceramics has snuck into the Kochi biennale from from time to time i'm not absolutely sure mm. i've uh the art craft uh, divide in ceramics was uh you know, very hot in the u.s in the 50s mm. the 1950s you know and I would have to say ceramics is still, you know, uh, uh, although it is, there's no question that it It, it is considered art, it's still just, it's not on the level of painting and sculpture, I don't think, but uh, Hmm. but it's still, it's absolutely considered art in in the West now. Hmm. And I was influenced uh, by several prominent ceramic artists of the time. And so I had put that debate behind me, I also think that uh, there's no reason a good pot can't be considered art as well. I mean, basically, art was always spiritual, non-functional. Just because something is a painting or a sculpture doesn't make it art either. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I have a very broad definition of what art can be. Certainly, I think... Uh, ceramics qualifies. So in, in India, it's just a little bit, it, it's just lagging a little bit with the ceramics. Ceramics, the tree and that we did in Jaipur, you know, it was was done in, in order to promote ceramic as art in India, and I think it went a long way towards doing that. Yeah. We're struggling now to get off the second triennale because of for obvious reasons. I think it's happening now. I'm not sure what, what year, but I think they're I think they've got a venue for it, or it's coming closer. So we can expect another triennale. I don't know how to actually say what it will be, a quadrinale or a synchronale. <laughs> or I don't know what it will be, but, but, but you know, it's coming. And uh, and you mentioned uh, earlier that art, uh, you know, Golden Bridge Pottery influence in ceramic art was significant or is significant, but which is true. It was, mm-hmm. uh, especially earlier. But I see today, you know, I see ceramic artists uh, who I've never heard of and have never had anything to do with Golden Bridge Pottery. So it's it's, uh, it's gone way beyond us, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: They would have surely heard about you and will be familiar with your work, though. So, you know, I mean, in that sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, well, and, and I suppose there's an in, in, indirect thing there. But, uh, yes, yes. But and of course, a lot of the people. Well, actually, that's not true. I expected more of our students to teach, mm-hmm. but they don't. They right. don't teach. They they there are two or three that have serious teaching situations, but most mm-hmm. of them don't. And mm-hmm. they if, if they get involved in a, in their own creative worlds, and then, then teaching doesn't doesn't uh, come into that. I mean, for us, it was. It was a little bit easier because I, I did all the teaching and Mm. Deborah ran the pottery, you know. Mm. So I, in the beginning, I produced about 70% of the work. Uh, but then, then we, we started training local, local people to make pots. We didn't go to the village potter. We went, we trained directly people from Nelitope, the, the, the uh, village next to us, Uh, partly because the village potter was so, you know so good at what he did, and uh, the techniques are are quite different. Mm. and so we didn't want to we didn't want to be pushing against that you know that res, that what could have been resistance. Uh, so we trained people with with no background in in clay at all in the beginning. Yeah.
1: right, right. This is a more kind of personal question. Why create? Why do you think you create? And um, is it for the process or the outcome? I mean, how does this balance work for you between process and outcome?
0: Well, anytime you work with a material, there's a process. When you're working with material, it's a physical process. Hmm. When you're doing conceptual work, it's, it's, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really stuck with the visual i think i think visual you know some visual power for me is necessary for to to i have to have that to respond you know to to an artwork i can intellectually understand conceptual work but my mind doesn't uh, doesn't enjoy like 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 what my heart. I I I need a, a real visual punch, and, and that's probably why I work on fairly large scale. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but and, and even but even that large scale isn't necessary to do that. But so anyway, I work with clay, and there are limitations with clay like with any material. And there are things that take time to develop, and I I don't jump around from one media to the other. You know, because I've yeah. been working with the same materials for fifty years. You know? Yes, yes. And uh, little by little, you 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 become familiar with those materials. And so, this last year in my latest show, I had things coming out that I'd never seen before. Now that and uh, and I liked them, and so. That keeps me going. You can say
1: yeah. yes. That's that's very interesting. Um,
0: and there, there is, there is, of course, there is a conceptual component in a lot of my work because it's still, it's, it's still most of it's about global warming. You know, so yeah. I, I every year, every time I make, I'm getting ready for another show and i start making something. Yeah. I say I've got to get off this, you know, global warming thing. It's, it's, environmental catastrophe thing it's it's just i've done enough of that but then it just gets worse you know then this this last this little what do you call it this this thing they've got going in ireland now or i mean they've just broken that up with no no clear you know agreement you know it's like okay next we'll do it next year it's like going on a diet, you know, yeah. okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll eat that today,
1: you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the
0: exercises next week. <laughs> you know?
1: No, um, thank you so much, Ray, that was, that was very engaging, and I'm, and i it's, it's been wonderful talking to you, thank you for your time, and we've seen your work, and we've, now through the book read about your work and and now we will hear about your work and in your own voice this is great and thank you so much for that you're
0: welcome you're welcome thank you
1: (laughs) hope you enjoyed this episode do not miss to like share and subscribe to our podcast available on all your favorite podcast apps